Hey everyone, this is Sphinx, and I hope you've been enjoying Last Action Podcast and the other podcasts here at GameZilla Media. We invite you to check us out on patreon.com slash Media and support us at either the $1 or $5 tier. If you become a patron at $5 a month, you get tons of additional content, including our monthly special called the Post-Credit Scene. Thanks for your support, and hasta la vista, baby. GameZillaMedia.com It's time for the last action podcast! Pop quiz, hot shot! Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. It beats. We can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome, everybody, to the Last Action Podcast. It is I, the Sphinx, and with me, as always, Hovercraft Joe. What up, Sphinx? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm happy to be here with the Bond boys. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We got LPJ with us, of course. I'm here, and I'm in good health. Wow, yeah. (laughs) Which is crazy. I spent (laughs) all of November and December ill and you could hear it in my voice yes it's true for sure and if the the opening bond theme <laughs> wasn't enough to clue you in we have our contractually obligated craig wk with us today great to be here because i have to be here because <laughs> i i mean you would be breaking the contract the blood oaths if you uh didn't allow me on and, and none of us want to do yeah that. it's true no, it, it didn't really don't. seem like he wanted to be here but he's like oh i guess i gotta do it <laughs> i mean i had other things going on but you know what a blood oath's a blood oath <laughs> for sure so yeah <laughs> today we've got 2006's casino royale we're finally talking about a legitimately good bond film whoa, whoa, whoa. we talked about goldfinger Gold, goldfinger yeah, was good but it wasn't like this level good well i mean I, goldfinger might be my favorite bond movie but i will say this might be the best bond movie like like objectively i feel it's just a very good bond movie I, i've seen it so many times but it it's a movie that that, I don't know. I find that it gets better each time I watch it in some bizarre way. Like I just find new things mm-hmm. to to explore or figure out, and every time I watch it, I enjoy it. When was the first time you saw it? So I saw it in the theater um, with my wife. So I made her go. I mean, we were talking. It's it was four years after Die Another Day. You know, the the Bond franchise was in its worst state. Like, we just didn't know what was going to happen with Bond. Mm. And I remember, too, like, when when it was announced that Daniel Craig was going to be Bond, I was a little like, (laughs) "Eh, I don't know, blonde Bond, I don't know if that's going to be right. Which is funny now, because now we're talking about a possible girl James Bond, a possible African-American James Bond, a combination of the both. But at the time, it was like, oh, a blonde-haired one? How How dare they? I mean... British. He's yeah, just still British. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, I saw it opening weekend. I didn't have a lot going into it. Like, I just, because the Die Another Day was such a shit fest, <laughs> I, I did not feel great about it. And oh my God, I loved it from beginning to end. Absolutely loved it. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, we probably saw it. I would assume we saw it opening night together. Yeah, we probably saw it in the theaters together. I know we saw it in the theaters. All right, well. (laughs) I just don't know if it was opening night or not. Yeah, I mean, I. I, It would probably have to be. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a specific memory of it, but I'm sure What what month did it come out? Uh, It came out November 17, 2006. November 17, so this was, ooh, this would have been like a month after I got married. Okay. So yeah, I, I got a feeling. Yeah, I was still on vacation, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guarantee you, we saw this probably opening night. I have a very vivid <clears throat> memory of seeing this movie. Nice. I uh, I did not watch it in the theaters. Weird. After Die Another Day, I was like, No, I, you're not getting my money. You like <laughs> that's not going to happen. I was so mad at Die Another Day. That I refused to watch it, and I thought in my head I was like, "You're gonna make blonde or Bond blonde," and he's like, and in hindsight, he's a little bit more true to the uh, uh, the novelization of yeah. Bond, which we'll get into as we're talking about this movie, uh, which is a very big part of it for me. But I watched it on a DVD copy, and my buddy Andy, who loves, I've mentioned like every time I bring up Bond, <laughs> yeah. uh, we watched it. He had already seen it, and he was like, "You need to watch this." And I was like, "I don't know, is it any good?" And all he would say is, "He was like." You just need to watch it. And I was like, all right. And after that intro scene, I was like, oh, shit. This, why didn't I see this in the theater? And I watched it in his little tiny TV in his bedroom back when he lived at home a million years ago. It was great. I was, I remember being really excited for this to come out. Like, really, really legitimately excited that they were taking it back to, you know, they, I mean, the big, the big thing was they're taking it back to its roots. They're, they're revitalizing Bond. They're making it kind of grittier and losing all the campiness and silliness. Mm-hmm. And, and they absolutely did. Um, and, and I think this is probably the purest version of Bond. Oh, for sure. Very, very true to the novelization of Bond, uh, which is quite different than like, especially the campier Roger Moore films and stuff, you know. Uh, so, quick uh, survey though. Who has read either any of the novelization by uh, uh, Ian, Ian Fleming or at least Casino Royale? No, I haven't read anything. I, I have not either, no. I've only read From Russia With Love. I have only read Casino Royale. Okay. And, uh, uh, so from what I heard on the, on the DVD commentary from Barbara Broccoli and Michael Wilson is that they really, because of what we just talked about, they felt the same way with Die Another Day. Like Bond kind of lost its its vision, its, its style, what it wanted to do. It was too campy. Mm-hmm. And so when they were going to strip down Bond to what we see in this movie, he was very raw, and they tried to make this movie as close to the book as they can. So does that sound pretty accurate? Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, there is a particular line in this movie that I... I uh, is from the book directly, okay. and it's one of the probably the uh, one of the more emotional moments in the movie, uh, which I'll get to later on in the film. Okay, yeah, it's it's. I've always wanted to read all of the Bond books, actually. So, Casino Royale was great. Like for for Hovercraft Joe and LPJ, if if you're literate, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm like sixty percent sure you are, I highly recommend it. Let's read it now. <laughs> Chapter <laughs> one. one. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna turn into an audiobook podcast. It's gonna be real great. Well, yeah, let's let's do I it. I mean, honestly, I'm not a. Do you, can I voice a character or Patreon special? <laughs> Last Action Podcast reads books. <laughs> that would go great. I don't know. I bet you people would listen for like five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I know I would. <laughs> 
And this was the first book as well. So yes, yes. as as we can tell from this movie, it's kind of the origin story for Bond. Yeah. And that is exactly how the book was laid out as well. Now, so. did they... Obviously, they made the Peter Sellers version in 60-whatever-it-was. 67. 67. And... Um, did they still have the rights to this the entire time? So <laughs> I have a story on it. I got a little bit of a history, depending so, on so how much it. you want to hear. Let's okay. go, nerd. All right, fine. <laughs> so I, I know a little of this, and the one part is particularly of interest to me, but keep going. Okay, and chime in whenever you want to <laughs> if I miss it. So the book came out in 53, and CBS did a TV show live action movie of Casino Royale a year later, and it was horrible. Like, apparently, people hated it. It was bad. They were done with it. So then they wanted to try again in, like, the late 1950s. There was a screenwrite for it. Uh, and this guy called Gregory Radoff ended up buying half of the screenplay with this other dude called Charlie Feldman, who apparently is a big name in Hollywood at the time. Mm-hmm. Gary Cooper was almost going to be Bond, but they said he was way too old, so they didn't do it. <laughs> Radoff dies in 1960, and so the rights are exclusively to this Feldman guy in 1960. So he owns all of Casino Royale that year, and at that point, they already started with Broccoli and Saltzman to do the movies with Sean Connery, or at least they were filming them and getting them ready to go. So they did not have, the Bron fran- franchise did not have the rights to Casino Royale at all. And so that is why the 1967 Casino Royale movie came out, and it's a spoof comedy. I've never seen it. Have you guys ever seen the comedy? No, I've never garbage. seen it. Yeah. No. But Even in the documentary I watched, they're like, it was garbage. <laughs> I have a pop quiz for you guys. Oh. Uh-oh. Pop quiz, hot shot. Wait, hold on. Let me fix that. Pop quiz, hot shot. <laughs> so, uh, as you guys know, I am a fan of the villains. Yes. Now, uh, that's because you are a villain. Right? Well, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's fair. That's true. Uh, so, Lashif in uh, our version of Casino mm. Royale is played by Mads Mikkelsen, uh, but the character in these, those other two versions, uh, of, you know, the character of Lashif is played by two other pretty big names. Do you guys know who those two names are? I believe one of them is Woody Allen. What's your guess? Uh, well, you have two uh, two uh, names, of course. I know Woody Allen's in it. In yeah, one of them. I just don't know if he's Lashif. I think he's Lashif. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, know I think he is like the villain in the one. So that, but that was my only guess. In the 1954 version, Peter Laurie. Oh, which is kind of amazing because Peter Laurie is great. Yeah. And want to hear the craziest thing? Uh, in the 1967 version, Orson Welles is Lashif. Oh, it's Welles. Orson Welles. Orson Welles. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Himself. <laughs> and I wonder who Woody Allen is. Man, that might. I'm not me. sure. Uh, is is he? Um, uh, um, oh God, James Bond, CIA, uh, Felix oh, Leiter. Felix Leiter. He could be. Well, Bond's Peter Sellers, which is crazy too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look it up. Um, so yeah, so this comedy comes out, and obviously, 
we also have, which we talked about on our second to last Bond episode, Thunderball. We talked about all the whole licensing and rights to Thunderball. Which right, was right. An issue. Oh, yeah. That's so a Broccoli show. and Saltzman had to decide, like, do we want to go after Casino Royale's rights? Do we want to go after Thunderball's rights? Just like Thunderball, it had this whole issue in court. Nothing ever happened. Nothing ever happened. And it was the Sony deal in 97. Right. Casino Royale was part of the deal. Oh, so once, and that's how they got. So it. that's how they got it back, okay. and so that's when they decided. I read that's right because they traded the rights yeah. to, from the Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. And that so they gave Sony Spider-Man, and they got Casino Royale yep. back. Which I mean, it worked out for us, even <laughs> if it didn't work out for Disney. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how we got it back, and so they decided. Yeah, after Die Another Day, they're like, all right, we're going to try this again. But it was always something they were trying to do over and over and over again. Couldn't get it until the end. Oh, so. there we go. Was there anything I missed there, Hovercraft? No, I just, there? the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man part was what was interesting to me. <laughs> Figured as much. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Sony made out like a bandit. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited for us to actually do the first Spider-Man. Oh, it'll be coming soon. Yeah, and talk about it, because there's a whole lot with that. But we'll oh, there, There's enough. so much for that. <laughs> um, so I, I guess, I mean, we got a lot to talk about, but let's go a little bit of the numbers uh, yeah. while, while we're here. Yeah. Uh, budget on this thing of $150 million, so, you know, hefty budget. That's, wow. you know, yeah. 2006. I mean, that's that's pretty good. I, that, felt yeah. like I, I did a warm-up on my oh, button. Okay. Uh, domestic, gro- <clears throat> domestic gross $167 million, which is like... That seems not, low. That seems low for a $150 million movie, but yeah. then... A worldwide gross of five hundred ninety-nine million. So worldwide altogether, this is a juggernaut. Yeah, massive hit. And I think they, I think I remember even saying that they said like up until I think like Spectre came out, this is like the highest-grossing Bond movie, or maybe it was Skyfall. One of those ones. It was Skyfall. It was Skyfall. Okay, so. um, Do they do they release it in London first before they did the U.S. Uh, Usually they yeah. do. They uh, they so. did. I looked at the <clears throat> dates and it was like London first on the fourteenth. We got it on the seventeenth. Yeah. And there was another place it was released as well, but I don't remember where it, it was. A lot of times it's like Tokyo or something. Yeah. Like that. It oh, was. Yeah. It was exactly London on November fourteenth in the yes. U.S. Three days later. <laughs> okay. Go, Craig. So uh, believe it or not, this is the first two thousand and six movie we've done on the podcast. Oh wow. Uh, Interesting. So I don't have anything to compare it to. I can tell you that the top grossing movies of 2006 were Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, uh, Night at the Museum, and Cars, and Casino Royale came in ninth for the year. Wow. Oh, domestic. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Six hundred million is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm obviously Pirates of the Caribbean took away. You know, was the number one spot everywhere. Yeah, and that that's yeah, but that's just domestically the top ten. Yeah. And and as far as the Rotten Tomatoes on this, not super surprising. A ninety five percent for this. Absolutely. Yeah. And a audience score of eighty nine percent. So. You know, pretty high, probably one of the highest ones I've seen. It's probably the highest, I would say. I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. 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 So Going back to the 1967 Casino Royale, so David Nevin and Peter Sellers both played James Bond? (laughs) That sounds So I don't know how that exactly happens. It's a spoof. (laughs) It is a spoof, so who the hell knows? Ursula Andress is Vesper. Oh, Which okay. I actually is, do remember that now that I think about it. Yeah, I mean, she's Honey Ryder and Dr. No. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. And then Woody Allen is Jimmy Bond, which is Bond's nephew. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that James Bond, Bond Jr.? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I guess it would be, wouldn't it? 
Whoa, mind I blown. Kind of I wish I was dead. So James Bond Jr. is really based on the 67 Bond. I guess so, which is probably why that show is so horrible. Whoa. Wait, so so Jimmy Bond is in high, like high school, but he's like... 40 years old, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> My God. <laughs> yeah. We ready for some lightning round? Yes. Let's do it. Oh, Maybe. Man. LPG is, you know, I let him run the board again oh. and doesn't know what he's doing. What button is it? I hey. w- while you're trying to figure oh, oh there we go. go. I will say so this ca- <laughs> these questions came from my DVD copy of Casino Royale. Okay. It was called the Ultimate James Bond Quiz. Ooh. And it said if I passed it, then I was a true James Bond fanatic. Okay. Which I did pass it. I only I'm got one surprised. I got one question wrong. And that's I, the trick though. If you get one wrong, your balls get hit by a giant <laughs> rope. <laughs> that's I what, like those. That's why odds. I really hurt sitting today, huh? <laughs> I'm going to save that question for last to see if you guys can get it. (laughs) The rope (laughs) question? No, not the rope question. All right, so these relate to the movie and to Bond in general. Okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. What currency goes to the sheaf in the beginning of the film? What's in the briefcases? What currency is it? $100,000? It's American dollars. It's American dollars. dollars. There you go. It seemed too easy. (laughs) Who's? I know, right? Who's in 17 Bond films? Oh, Desmond Welland. Yep. Yep. Which film has Tarzan yelling? Uh, Octopussy. Uh, It is Octopussy. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Which other movie had M's home? Skyfall. I nope. Well, no, it's uh, it's uh, uh, uh which one is it's it? It's one you recently have seen because remember you were talking about. Is it? it um, remember or maybe Craig did. I don't know. He goes there. Doesn't he go there in like uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service? Yep, it's Majesty's Secret oh. Service. Which former Bond is in? Uh, Beautician and the Beast. Oh, Pierce, uh, Pierce Brosnan? Brosnan? No. Oh, uh, no, it's uh, uh, Roger Moore? Moore? No. no. It's from the 80s. I, I can't <laughs> Tim Dalton? Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Yeah. He's T-Dalt? With, yeah. Yep. He's with uh, uh, Fran Drescher. It's too, too much. Yep, yep. <laughs> no, it's too much. <laughs> uh, what brand car is he driving in the Bahamas? A Ford. Ford. It is a Ford. Which oh, I, I, have, I, have, I have thoughts on that, but I'll save them. Uh, what two things is all that Vesper needs from Bond? What parts of his body? Get Duke. Oh, uh, no. his, his head and his heart. Smile. His smile and his little finger. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, you, know, you know what he can do with that little finger. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And then the last one that I couldn't get right. In uh-huh. License to Kill, Bond visits what author's house? Mark Twain? Nope. <laughs> uh-huh. Ian Fleming. It's super meta. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I was I'm stumped. going to guess Hemingway. It is Hemingway. I knew it. You knew it? I kind of knew it. Did you? Well, because it's uh, uh, down in Florida. And that's where the movie takes place. That that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't didn't remember that exact fact, but I just had to piece that together. I went with Victor Hugo. I don't know. He's French, but and there's no French in License to Kill. All right. (laughs) Yes. All right. So that was the... Does this mean that I'm a bigger Bond? Listen here. (laughs) Do you want to fight? Because I'll fight you to the death right here if you want to. Oh, please do. Only if it's in the bathroom and only one of us leaves alive. (laughs) Guys, save it for the Patreon. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) All right. right. What do we got next? Um, Cast? Yeah, Yeah. we should go through the cast. Um, I mean, we talked about Daniel Craig, obviously. Oh. Daniel Craig is the first actor to play James Bond... Who is younger than the franchise? Oh, that's cool. That's not really a pop quiz. How old was oh. he at the time of the film's release? Okay. 41. 
I think he was right around, I'll say 42. I'll say the 39. 38. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, At the time of the release, he was 38, because obviously it took him a little while to film. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought he was in his 30s. Yeah. Oh. Late 30s, but, you know, 30s nonetheless. Okay. It gives uh, us hope. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, they are going to be looking for a new one, guys. So yeah, sure. I'm right in the wheelhouse. <laughs> Which I guess is another reason why we decided to do this episode. So by the time this episode gets released, we're only going to be about a month and a half, two months away from... We'll be, um, we'll be close. Closer, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. well. Which I'm very excited about. Yeah. It's going to be, I think it's my birthday weekend. Oh. Let's go celebrate my birthday. No one cares. Everybody cares. I mean, birthday. we're going to be able to celebrate with James Bond. I kind of care. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, You're not invited. So... Uh, so Daniel Fuck Craig, uh, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Craig playing James Bond, yep. uh, Eva Green as Vesper Lind. Yep. Um, I'm going to butcher this. Synopsis will help me out. I'm sorry, LPJ will help me out. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen. No, that was it. Oh, cool. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Mads and Mikkelsen. now is it Le Chief or Le Chiffre? Because I feel like they say it both ways. Le Chief. Okay. All right. Because I feel like I've heard it both it's ways. It's French. Who cares? <laughs> um, now, do you guys? Uh, this isn't necessarily a pop quiz, but do you want a little bit of uh, weird info from the book? Sure. Le Chief is, I believe, French for the number. And uh, they mention in the novel Casino Royale that in Germany he's known as, like, you know, it's basically the number in different languages. Because apparently when he, like, I guess he uh, got out of Dachau in World War II, his character, like in the original novel, okay. left Dachau and got a passport and it only had numbers on it. And so he said, he's like, I'm only a number. Oh, that's and that's cool. his that's a part of his character in the book. Uh, well, and then he's really good with numbers, as we can yeah, tell, yeah. with his kind of poker skills and knowing the odds and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I like uh, that. Um, uh, I also have uh, Jeffrey Wright as Felix Leiter. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the one carryover for those Pierce Brosnan movies, Judy Dench is M. Yep. Which is kind of interesting because this is kind of a reboot, but... It's still the same app. Yeah, I think yeah, I but saw she's, that. But she's I, really good. Yeah, she I is th- very yeah. good. I'm I mean, not it, saying it she worked. Is. Yeah, I think I saw they said that Martin Campbell just really liked her in the role and just wanted to keep her on. So, by the way, I have a goon spotlight for us. A what? A goon spotlight. <laughs> Every Bond movie I talk about, I talk about one of the goons. Okay, I, I did. Li- I did like how he said it as if it was a segment that we've <laughs> yeah. had before. So, like we needed music. Or something. <laughs> I know I, I was it. gone for a few episodes, <laughs> but I mean, here's the thing: it is technically a segment every time I'm on because I refuse not to have it be. I feel like it just has a name now. I mean, that's what I put it in my notes. Correct. Coming onto our show, coming up with his own segments. It's fine. You're welcome. That's some ballsy shit right there. He's like, hit that button, LBJ, and it's like a theme song. <laughs> God, I wish I had done that. Uh, so the bomb maker uh, in the beginning of the movie, Malaka, is played by free runner Sebastian Falcon. Uh, he was an early developer of parkour. Uh, he was in, weirdly enough, another kind of connection to another James Bond movie. He was in Madonna's Jump video in 2005 okay. and went on tour with her in 2006. He was in the trailer for the video game Mirror's Edge. Uh, and he played uh, an assassin character in the 2009 film The Tournament. I don't know if that's something you guys are familiar with, but if anyone I know, would I know be, of the tournament. I figured if anyone I knew would right. be, it'd be you guys. Oh. Madonna, Sigmund Freud. Analyze <laughs> no. this. Do not do, not do that. <laughs> this, 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 this. Do, do not do that. <laughs> uh, uh, those are all, I mean, those are all, the, I mean, there's a lot of other people, but well, those are the pop, main people. I have a pop quiz. Pop quiz, hot shot. Uh, did you catch the two cameos in well, the movie? Richard Branson. Richard Branson. And I think the other one um, 
Well, there's, I don't know, because I there, there's... There might be more, but these are the two big ones I spotted. I didn't catch the name, but I saw online that it was like somebody in the airport. That's Richard Burnett. That's, okay, that's Richard Burnett. Were, were you okay. talking about Victoria's Secret model, uh, Alexandra Ambrosia or whatever? I sure was. She's like playing tennis at the club, oh, the beach club. Oh, yeah. She kind of turns around and gives Bond that smile. Oh, that's her. That yeah. is her. Bond totally was in with those two. Yeah, <laughs> totally was in with those two. 100%. Um, do, do you want to do the net worth then? Yeah, let's do net worth. I will go through them in reverse order that I read them for the cast. Let's start with Judy Dench. What do you guys think for Judy Dench? Had to be a, quite a bit, right? I mean, they're bringing her back. She knows she's in demand. Well, you know, net no, worth. her net worth total. Oh, just her network yeah. in general. Okay, yeah. well, that might not be as high. I'm going to say... I'll say $30 million. Okay. LPJ? 45 Okay. I'm going to go a little lower and shoot uh, $20 million. Uh, $35 million, So, you know, pr- pretty close there. Oh, super fan. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I love my Judy Dench. <laughs> All day, every day. Next, oh, give me them old kegels. Come here, Judy. <laughs> Judy, Judy, Judy. Oh, dear Lord. Uh, next up, uh, Jeffrey Wright. Uh, $50 million. How much? Uh, 15. Okay. Oh, I thought you said 50. I'm yeah, like, I did no, too. He, no, 15. He he just did uh, Westworld, so I'm thinking he's got a little extra money right now. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to say 50 million. I'm going to say 8 million. And you know, he's also voicing the Watcher in the animated What If series uh, that's yes. going to be at Disney+. Plus. Uh, he is only 8 million, guys. Oh, so. I nailed it. I was so close. <laughs> oh, super fan. Did you say <laughs> Yeah, did you say eight? Eight? So oh. thank you for listening, Hubbard Jeffrey Wright. I, 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 wanted, I wanted to throw Give up. me some Judy and Jeffrey all day. <laughs> yeah. I, I was too, too busy waiting to throw out my fact about the what if series uh <laughs> judy jeff sandwich next oh gosh only if i can be in the middle oh boy Potter. next so weird. next uh mads uh mickelson Ooh, give me some six give me some bleedy eyes too dude he's got all that rogue one money uh he was in rogue one he was uh, uh in he's Hannibal. got a lot of stuff yeah, yeah so I'll, I'll say five six million 15 mil 14 million not bad pretty close craig uh now what about eva green Five mil. Okay. Ten. Okay. Seven. All pretty close. Eight million. Okay. okay. And finally, Daniel Craig himself. What do you think? I bet he's good. I bet he's he's got some money. I'm they keep go. paying him more and more to they come do. back and play Bond. They had to drive a dump truck full of money yeah. for the newest one. I'm There's say, no way they didn't. I'll go, I'll go straight 100 million. That's okay. what I was going to say. So I'll go 105. Okay. 95. 130. 130 Ooh. million. So We're a bit off on that one. Yeah, he's got he's got some cash. So, yeah. Well, he's also been doing a lot of other movies, He is doing too. a lot of other stuff, like that Knives Out, which I haven't seen. I've heard it's good. It just came out recently. and. Yeah, he's been doing a lot of other stuff. I'm trying to think of that other big action movie he was just in recently. Is it that Lucky Number Slevin or something? Was he in that? I no, Lucky Number Slevin was a Bruce Willis movie. Josh Hartnett, Bruce Willis movie, yeah. right? What the hell am I thinking? Uh, I think it's just called Logan Lucky. That was it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Didn't see that either. He's he's not he's not Bond. I'm not watching him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so obviously, every Bond has a, every Bond movie has a big song. Oh yeah. Uh I was surprised that Chris Cornell was picked. Yeah. But I like the song. I like the song a lot too. You know my name. It it is interesting that they went with like an American artist. I mean, I guess Madonna was American too. Yeah, but that it's they're trying to reboot. Yeah, they're trying to reboot. I think I mean in the room I'm a little I mean I don't 
love or hate this song. I think I'm more in the middle. I'm a little more lukewarm on it. But you know, I don't think it's offensive. I mean, there's much worse yeah. ones, but I don't. I don't necessarily. It's not one of my favorites. In full disclosure, I am a in general a Chris Cornell fan. So yeah, me too. I'm a little biased R- on that. R.I.P. Chris Cornell. Yeah, died right here in Detroit, Michigan. Yep. 2017. Yeah, yep. right after a Soundgarden show. Like can I uh, can I get like real for just a moment? Oh, please. I uh, as far as that goes, I mean, he committed suicide. Yep. Shout out one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five if you yep. ever need it. Suicide hotline. Good lord. Absolutely. That's super sure, sad. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right. So here's a little taste of you know my name. LPJ got focused on watching the, uh, the music video. I got lost in the <laughs> music video. I'm like, man, <laughs> so, I like this music video. <laughs> in my good. notes, uh, it only says, the coldest blood runs through my veins. You know my name. Shit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the song. I, uh, yeah. I would call it, you know, of the 24 Bond themes, I, I would put it in the top 10 for sure. I think so. Yeah, I really absolutely. enjoy this one. Yeah. Would, well, would you go that far? I mean, uh, Hovercraft Joe? Maybe. I mean, that's not, I mean, that's, I mean, that's not that, I mean, like, top 10's not that crazy. What about top five? But there are some pretty great no, Bond themes. No, it wouldn't be in my top five. I don't know. Just about all of them are good. I mean, I, I think <laughs> maybe, another day. I think maybe, maybe I'd, Analyze maybe this. I'd clarify it this way is that I think it's a good song. I don't necessarily like it for a Bond theme maybe if that what makes it? any sense to you i don't know it i is, really like it as a bond theme. i mean that's fine but i'm just that's my, i don't i just i'm it's like i said i don't hate it it's just not I, one of my favorites i feel like the lyrics fit it better than the music itself as a bond theme you know it, it's the the lyrics are you know you know kind of the 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 gags if you will in the the song is you know comparing like you know card games to the fact that he like kills people and doesn't feel anything yeah. and you know so i feel like the the lyrics work bet like very good for a bond theme yeah but the the song itself is a little more rocky and so i kind of see where you're coming from on that don't be wrong i love it as a bond theme but i totally see where yeah. you're coming yeah. from. And, and i'm not throwing hate at the song i don't think it's a bad song i just it, it's middle of the pack for bond themes for me so yeah. is it better or worse than the next song another way to die with jack White. Well, it's better than keys. that. Okay, good. It's also <laughs> as it's long al- as you tell me that. It's also better than that Johnny Cash Thunderball. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, I love that song. <laughs> Thunderball, Thunderball. However the hell it went. I mean, I think we can all <laughs> that's agree close. that know, the right? number one Bond theme is Disco Moonraker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just goes without saying. That is pretty good. Oh boy. I do have our taglines. All right. Ooh. All right. There's quite a few. 
So let's see what everyone thinks of them. All right, here we go. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a past. Every legend has a beginning. On November 17th, discover how James became Bond. It's a little wordy. It's wordy and very on the nose. (laughs) Yes, it is. The new Bond, living for love, dying for thrills. Mm. No. Uh, No. Nope. A whisper of love, a whisper of hate. No. Not. (laughs) I'm lukewarm. (laughs) They're not going to get much better. James Bond in Montenegro. That Wait, what? That can't be one. <laughs> I don't. I'm telling you, James Bond goes to a place. <laughs> I don't know if IMDb has double checked these all. The pawn, the con, the bond. No, these are <laughs> terrible. Yeah, not great. I I don't know. This is the one that I can't believe. <laughs> it cannot be real. It is on IMDb's website. The bitch is dead. <laughs> that's not. A, <laughs> it's clearly that's not, not a tagline. No. Um, are you ready for some info? <laughs> what? The bitch is dead is the line from the book. Is it? That is See? the line from the book. When it still I'm, doesn't mean it was a tagline. The only thing I'm thinking is maybe in one of the foreign languages that may have been one of the taglines, maybe. Because you know how some, sometimes they get kind of goofy. That could be. I don't know. Yeah. It's there. It's bizarre. Let's, but let's just agree that sometimes <laughs> IMDb, their their facts and stuff are a little shady. I wanted to mention oh, yeah. this one because I thought this was fun. This is one of the things that lists in the trivia. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh-huh. It said that Sir Roger Moore was so impressed by the movie that he bought it on DVD. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that's what what is that doing in there? Oh, oh man. Because um, he probably was interviewed at like 90 years old and someone asked him, hey Roger Moore, what'd you think of the new bond? It was so good, I bought it on the DVD. I just like that's honestly really, probably why. Don't it you went. remember Live and Let Die? Wasn't that fun when that's I was That's your in Roger that? Moore conversation. <laughs> I just oh, no. I just like that I was scrolling through and usually it's all this like really like interesting stuff and then it's like Roger Moore like the movie he bought it i'm like sweet <laughs> instead of a, a southern voice i would have assumed it'd be like more like cool i saw it at their uh you know <laughs> well now uh, he's a new yorker <laughs> i was going for more uh, uh go for straight uh, dreadnoughts <laughs> yeah you were you were doing what's his name the sheriff buford whatever his name is <laughs> buford uh oh god what was his name it doesn't matter. Uh, You're right. Matter. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. J.W. Pepper. Uh, yeah, J.W. Yeah. Pepper, yeah. I'm J.W. Pepper. I ain't going to let you get away, James Bond. The last two, do we want to hear them? I don't, sure. I don't know how real they are. Let's do it. Daniel Craig is James Bond. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, there were a lot of haters at the time. I think that's a terrible tagline, but like somebody you know, doing PR work was finally just like, I have had it. Like, <laughs> screw these people. Probably, because I mean, it, a lot of people yeah, were really it, it, against Daniel Craig. And I guess going back to that conversation real quick, like I just didn't know anything about Daniel Craig. So I think that's what threw me off. Yeah, because the only real... He had only made that one, uh, like, critically acclaimed movie. Layer Cake. Layer Cake, yeah. Yeah, I had him. He did something else, And Layer Cake is kind of like a gangster-type movie, and I guess that's one of the things that really, like, put him on the Bond people's radar is that role. So the other three movies I had him, relatively big roles, was Road to Perdition he was in. Okay, yeah. He was in Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah. he's one of the thugs. I'm sure that was a movie. (laughs) And then he was in uh, Munich. Was that before? That was 2005, yeah. Oh. Hmm. So it went right before. Okay. So that's all I had him for uh, with that. And then the very last tagline uh, is, always bet on Bond. 
Which I like kind of makes probably sense. probably the best one. Right. It's not an amazing I like, one, but I kind of like it. It's, it's at least the best of the bunch. Is it because it reminds you of Passenger 57? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Always been on black. <laughs> I only agreed to do the podcast because I know we're going to cover that movie at some point. <laughs> oh, yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Um, our director was Martin Campbell, mm-hmm. who did Goldeneye. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So he had a little bit of experience dealing with the new Bond, obviously, because that would have been Pierce Brosnan's first one. Who? Pierce Bronson. And perhaps who? more Bronson? <laughs> and perhaps more importantly, he directed the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie. He certainly so. did. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was way more oh, important. God, that was so bad. <laughs> and then our writers are Neil Purvis and Robert Wade. Yep. Uh, and they got a little bit of help from Paul Haggis. These, these Purvis and Wade, these guys, they're like an enigma to me. Yeah, it's sure like, are. I can't figure it's, out if they're the heroes or the villains of the like, writing of these movies. It's like, it's, it's so confusing how they go from writing Die Another Day, which, except for, uh, I think Sphinx's 3.5 machine guns, we acknowledge is terrible. And then they write this one, which we all are like, yeah, it's great. So it's so weird. It is super bizarre that they go from Die Another Day to this. Yeah, I, I don't really get it. Weird. And then so they per- still write the Bond they movies. Do, right? oh, yeah. yeah, they've done the all of them uh, with Daniel Craig. So weird. Uh, maybe they didn't do it with the writer strike for Quantum of Solace. I think oh, they, no, they started, started it. <laughs> and yeah, then, that's a that's a story for another time. Yeah, and then <laughs> Daniel Craig and um, the director. Who, and the direct, right? uh, I don't know. I can't think of who directed it. I don't remember, but yeah, blanking on me. Right essentially, now. Daniel. Yeah, Craig they was had a to writer. finish writing it. Yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And then, uh, and Purvis and Wade, actually, they had a, which we talked about this with Die Another Day, they had a Jinx screenplay completely written, and then they immediately tabled it to start Casino Royale. Which is uh, is a good thing. Which is a very good (laughs) thing. Yeah, probably. So, I had that as well. All right. Um, well, we are not going to go over the the entire length of this plot of this movie, because we do love our James Bond, and (laughs) we're almost... 40 minutes into our podcast. Should we just give a real quick outline and then go from there? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Who, wa- who wants to do the overarching? Uh, I'll do it. Okay. Uh, so it, essentially what it is is um, the movie starts with Bond becoming a double O agent by having his two kills. He had to get two kills. That that we are presuming is what the double O means. Yep. Uh, which the opening scene in black and white. Oh, it's so good. Tremendous. So Amazing. This is one of the first movies I ever had on Blu-ray. Yeah. And I, I couldn't wait to watch the movie in general. Uh-huh. But the black and white was just so crisp and clear oh. on the TV as well. I gotta tell you, I I bought this um in HDX or or uh, HD DVD. H- no, 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 no. Oh. HDX format, digital. Okay, gotcha. But it's it converts up to 4K. Okay. So then I watched it on my 4K TV. Oh yeah. It is <laughs> so good. Yeah. Like it is so crystal clear and great. And it is. It's such a great way to to start over again, right? Like, it's in black and white. Like, it's yep. kind of old-fashioned, like, back in the day. And then even the music itself in that beginning scene, like, sets the tone. Because it's kind of, like, thriller, like, horror movie-ish. Like, yeah. the way that the fighting scenes play out and all that. It's just, it's one of, like, the first 20 mo- minutes of this movie is some of the most perfectly executed action movie sequences ever. What's weird is it's it's shot kind of like Sin City, yeah, like but film, a much better way. Yeah, film mm-hmm. noir type of film. Yeah, well, not even film noir. Like, even with the weird Dutch angles and all that yeah. stuff that they use. Um, so, so, anyway, yeah. So, he becomes he becomes Bond. Uh, he gets his first assignment, which is... Actually, no. He doesn't get his first assignment. No, he's just tracking he's a guy. He's just tracking a guy. He's tracking a bomb maker in Madagascar. Yeah. And then tracks him to the embassy, and they do this whole giant like uh, a parkour 
Chase, which it's is great. Which I, I think, as far as I can tell, is kind of the first big introduction to of parkour, at least in cinema. Like in in yeah. cinema, yeah. And uh, and, and it is it is such it is such a rush Pop of a scene. Quiz, hot shot. Oh. How long did it take them to film that parkour chasing? Six weeks. Six weeks. <laughs> yeah, six weeks. I mean, there's so many awesome pieces to it. I mean, watching the the actor that Craig was talking about perform some of those stunts is just incredible. Like how he's riding on that steel beam, like yep. working his way up. Yep. Sebastian uh, Falcon. Thank you. Yep. When they're jumping from the one crane to the other. I love it. Like, you know, because they make mention of it with the embassy, how like you can't go into the embassy and all that. And he just like strolls in, goes into that office, <laughs> just starts kicking ass <laughs> and just ends up shooting the guy anyway. Anyway, it's all so awesome. Yep. I like the like the juxtaposition. That guy is so kind of nimble and like you know careful. And Bond is kind of just like a bull in a china shop. He's, like he in fact like walls. busts through that wall in the one scene. I, the I, I, kinda, wall, yeah. I like the juxtaposition between their movements, which does fit as an overall theme for the for this movie. Is that Bond is very raw. He's yes. very new to this, and he's kind of like I shoot first, ask questions later. That's M that's the Bond that we're getting herself. right now. M says it. You're a blunt instrument. Yeah, you know. Uh, yep. But uh, uh, as far as the overarching plot, yeah, he's, he he finds the bomb maker, gets a phone that says ellipsis. They're trying to track down what it is, um, <clears throat> and eventually they get word that uh, there is this like money exchange, and they uh, they track um, uh, the stock prices of this airplane, and yeah. they kind of make a notice that you know during nine eleven the stock price. Was sold. The stock was sold all of a sudden, and then nine eleven happened. So they kind of think there's an inside job going on, and they trace it all back to Lashif. Well, and I, the, I think the key thing you're forgetting is that he goes down to the Bahamas and kind of ends up yes, getting involved sorry. in it, and he knows something's going on with the plane. So he ends up in Miami and stops them from blowing up the plane, which is what they were hiring the initial bomb maker to do at the beginning of the movie. The one, the parkour guy. I will say, as a quick side note, I feel like. I, I just, in my opinion, I think the movie would have been a little improved if the initial bomb guy got away and he re he was at Miami again rather than just random second dude. I just felt like that was kind of like you know like oh okay here's another goon. I feel like you could have because Bond movies are are kind of you know goons are a big deal like you know but this movie doesn't really have that. You're right. There's not much of a henchman in this movie. You could almost argue it's Lashif. Is the henchman kind of right? I mean, because we find well, out there's somebody pulling the strings behind him. It's true. You know? I mean, I guess, and that's kind of the thing with this film is that is Quantum of Solace essentially gives you all of the background for this film later on. Yeah. You know, you kind of figure out later on how Mr. White's involved and how, you know, there's a secret organization. Well, and what's going on, like Vesper's motivations yeah. throughout the movie yeah. and stuff. Yeah, you kind of don't discover that until the next film. Yeah. yeah, there's so many things. It's such a cliffhanger of how this movie ends, I, which is unprecedented for Bond, but that's kind of how they've been doing it now with Craig. I was was so genuinely upset I mean, later we find out in Inspector that you know that secret organiz yeah. organization was working for Spectre, and you know they they shoehorned it in. But like at the end of that movie, I like looked at my buddy and I was like, Spectre, and he's <laughs> like, we don't know that. And I was like, you shut your mouth. It's Spectre. That's amazing. They're bringing it back. It's my favorite evil organization. And then it was like, ah, let's go to the Hydrogen Hotel, and it was like, oh, oh no, Spectre's not <laughs> around, and, is and, it? And we should talk about that. We should talk about Quantum of Solace. 
and how it kind of follows directly after this. Well, yeah. I, mean, I don't think once we get through the rest of this, I think. Like another yeah, episode? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I just want to just no, no, bring we'll t- that up. We'll touch on it. Um, yeah, sure. All right, well, go ahead. You so, go. so anyways, so Bond stops the Le Chief from blowing up this plane. And basically he was going to, sh- he took all this money from this warlord to invest. He was going to short the stocks on this airline, Correct. blow up the plane, and then he was going to make a bunch of money. Exactly. But because the plane doesn't blow up, he loses the money. Oh yeah. So now he's got to get the money back. So he sets up the high stake poker game at Casino Royale in Montenegro. Uh, Montenegro. Montenegro. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, we need, we want to bring Le Chief in. So we're going to send you to the game to win. So he won't get the money and he'll have to come to us in order for Protection. Exactly. Bond's the best card player in the organization, and so they he's the only one they can rely on. So yeah. he goes to the game. They send in Bess Berlin. That's Eva Green's character. She's, she works for the Treasury She works department. for the Treasury, so she's basically there to monitor the money because it's a $10 million buy-in yep. and $5 million to buy back in. Correct. Um, and, and I do, just to kind of jump in real quick, the scene of them on the train when they first meet each other is a great scene between the two of I them. I like it, yeah. Because they're really trying to like figure each other out at that point. And, you know, as, as much bullshit as Bond's given Vesper, like she just smacks it right back at him. It's so not, it's a cool scene. It's nice to not have such a passive female lead who's yeah. just mm-hmm. like oh you're so handsome I'm just gonna take whatever you say she you know like I mean they, obviously she eventually falls for him but like you know in the beginning she kind of hates Bond you oh, know? Yeah, for you know, sure. and they did a good they do a good job of that in general in the Craig films is not falling into old misogynistic stereotypes yeah they kind of uh play on that a bit sure. in the car when he's like i'm you know like mr beach and you're like like mary broadchest or whatever he says to her and yeah. she's like uh, no i would rather die yeah i do like his line though when he's talking he's he's like you're not my type and she's like Oh, that I'm smart. Know that you're that you're single. That you're not married or whatever it is. That's I like that. That's foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. For her, what we eventually find out about Vesper, and it's also, of course, a play on him hooking up, or well, was going to hook up with a married woman. Yeah, yeah. which he ends up technically not doing it. He orders room service, and when they're like, "Oh, for two? No, for one," and yeah. like hangs up and leaves, and like just yeah, that's when he goes to her. Miami to stop the the plane. And then she did. Yep. Um, so then we kind of get into the what I consider kind of the middle section of the movie where he's yeah. in Montenegro, he's in the poker game, they meet Mathis, who's like his local connection. Yeah, field agent. Um, that's where we're introduced to uh, Felix Leiter. He's also Felix in the really game. Cool. Like the CIA's <laughs> backing him in the game because they want Lashif as well. Which it's crazy how long it is until we find out that that is Felix yeah. Leiter. You know, when it's got to be in, almost two hours into the movie. Yeah, when you watch it like the next time, you see him in the background oh, yeah. and stuff a bunch. But yeah, they don't like he just has an eye on Bond, and that's all you get out of it. Yeah, like you can think for a while that he could even be a bad guy because he's at the table always eyeing Bond and all that. Mm-hmm. But it's not until you know Bond Bond loses uh, all of his money in yeah. one of the games, and then he's he's, he's like, like angry. Lashif. Yeah, he's angry. He's about to take out Lashif, and that's when Felix Leiter stops him. Yeah, and he's like, "Listen, like you're not going to do this now. Like I'm from Langley, CIA. Like we're working together on this." 
and then they kind of make this agreement. Yeah, they're like, we'll restake you to get back in if you give us Le Chiffre. Yeah, because Vesper, <laughs> Vesper is not going to give him that extra $5 million to buy back in. I wonder why we, she won't. We, we also skipped over the part where like the, the warlords show up and want to kill yeah. uh, yeah, Le, Le Chiffre. And so there's that brutal fight that they have in the stairwell. Which I, is so good. It's not only is that fight really cool, you know, the stairwell battle, but like just the after effect of seeing that Bond walks away with no feeling and yeah. Vesper is like breaking down she's seen two men die in front of her she's freaking out she is the average person that is a standard reaction and feels like she's kind of behind it Bond doesn't feel much of anything but it's a good scene too then soon after when he sees that she's in the shower with her dress on like just sitting there like yeah that's up. what I mean and he kind of mm-hmm. joins her to console her and all that so also, we should say, and I understand it's a Bond movie, but I feel like it's a little, like, he gets a car in this, and I feel like it's like, all right, well, does he really need the car? He drives it, like, twice. I mean, it's a really cool-looking car, and it's got, like, that, like, medical pack that he uses when he gets poisoned, but other than that, it's just, like, I felt like they were like, well, Bond always has a car, so we better give him a car. In the end, it does more harm than good. It's true. That's true. It's the Aston Martin DBS, which the DB5 was in the movie earlier. Which at the time was nice to see it. Uh, Demetrius, the, yeah. the yeah. second guy that was supposed to plant the bomb in Miami, was driving it. So Bond starts doing good in the game. Uh, that's when they poison him, and there's that real tense scene where he has to go out and try to revive himself, and that's really cool. Uh, he comes back in, he ends up winning the game, which I kind of have some thoughts on that final hand, but I'll... I'll yeah, I'll, I'll, was, well, let's do it now. I just, oh, like, I understand it's a movie and you had to ramp up the tension, but yeah. it's like, to me, even rewatching it, it's a little bit like, I have the best hand you could have. And no, it's like, I no, I hands. do. And it's like, well, except for this one that I have, you know, no, it's like, it's, totally it's a yeah. little bit much. And I get it. You have to like ham it up for the movie, but it's kind of <laughs> like, all right, I get it. It is. Are any of you poker players? Yeah, I've, really. I've played. Yeah. I've played, but not like avidly. So a lot of intense poker players, I mean, I, I don't care. Like you just said, it's a movie. But the, the argument is, so Bond has a 5-7. And like in traditional <coughs> Texas Hold'em, no one would be playing with a 5-7. Like no. he would have folded <laughs> at the beginning of the game. Yeah. yeah. Because those are two pretty shitty cards to have in poker. And yeah, it's just you know people have really been bitchy about that in the past. Yeah. It's like well, it's real nitpicky as far as poker. It is, I think but, you can but, argue almost that James Bond is like I mean he's like kind of counting the cards and like doing what he can to figure out everything. And so maybe when like you know he saw the initial hand like okay maybe I have better odds if I hang on to these or something. I don't know for sure. Maybe he thought he would bluff <laughs> later. Uh, it's a pretty five seven is one of the worst hands you can have in poker. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure something out. I don't yeah. know. So so he wins, uh, gets he a dealer that $500,000 tip, which is nice yeah, if you're the does. dealer for that. Ooh. Hey, when you just won that much money, yeah. that's, that's pocket change. Well, technically it's not his money, so he's just like, here you go. It's pocket change. Um, it ends up being, what, like $125 million or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think something like that. Yep. Um, so then... Uh, Vesper gets taken by Le Chief. That's where we see the car. Bond takes off in that Aston Martin, and we get that great scene where he wipes out when because like he's chasing after him, and then like she's in the road, which is like hey, he wasn't that far behind him. I don't know how they had time no. to work out the logistics of putting that's her a in the weird, road. Yeah, so he like swerves out of the way, and that's when that car rolls. Which did you see like how many of those they had to wreck to get that no. that scene right? Uh-huh. <laughs> they, they destroyed three. Uh, Aston Martins of the the DBSs for that scene, and they cost three hundred thousand dollars a pop, and they destroyed three of them to get that scene where he rolls it. Well, 
it's great. Which is just like movies, right? Like, can you yeah. imagine? I can't imagine having three hundred thousand dollars, let alone wrecking three hundred thousand dollar cars. I I just remember in three three hundred thousand yeah. dollar cars in the theater seeing that scene. Like, it was awesome. It was because really you, good. I didn't expect that no. she was just gonna be in the road, and then just how well that car fucking flips. Yeah, was, it looks good. Yeah, it looks really good. Which is something I want to bring up at the end of our little synopsis here too about how there's very little special effects in this movie, which I think also helps make this movie so good. Well, you just brought it up. Uh, well, there was more I want to say. All right. So uh, that's when we get to the torture scene where Le Chifre, Oh, go ahead. Um, I just, before we get Le to Chief. the scene, Le Chief. <laughs> before we jump into the scene, I just want you guys to know that if I married Daniel Craig, I'd be Craig Craig. Oh, you would shoot. be, in fact, Craig Craig. And just throwing it out there. And we know his, we know his net worth, so <laughs> yeah, go it for it. There. And, um, and since you mentioned it, too, I mean, Daniel Craig. You're right. I'd look good with him. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's he in this so movie. Good. He's, a, he's a beast in this. They said he put on 20 pounds of muscle for the role. He's like the... Like most of the other bonds, you know, they're swapping wear, but he looks like a tank in this. Like <laughs> yeah, he, he looks tough he and looks... brutal. I mean, you see some of those Connery movies. Like he's pudgy, you yeah. know. Like he's he's got some. He's not. He's a, got some belly. Never said or uh, yeah. never said ever again. Um, <laughs> you only live twice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or uh, diamonds are forever. Or diamonds are forever. <laughs> I ain't gonna. You know, he's a fairly attractive uh, guy. Sean Connery is, but like Daniel Craig. <laughs> he's fucking killed. You know, he's in those bathing suits. So I, mean, I don't know, man. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna put it out there. I'm not. But I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Le Chief puts him, strips him naked, puts him in that chair that he cuts out the bottom of, and he essentially is hitting him in the balls with the rope, right? Like, yeah, he's, oh, he's absolutely. A, a big knotted rope. He, yeah. he talks about how, you know, there's all these ways that people have come up with torturing people. And he's like, it's just as simple as going after the one spot, which I brought with us today. <laughs> people cannot see it. Yeah. But I have my pop vinyl of Le Chief here. And sure enough, he is carrying. His little his little ball thrower there <laughs> and that I, he uses. And I think Lashif tells him that Mathis sold him out, right? He did. Yeah. Once your, the car was flipped. Your friend Mathis is my friend. That's yeah, that's what he says. So he's like, We're gonna we're gonna kill Vesper. He's like because they need they need like the the password to get into the account to get the money. So he's like Correct. torturing Bond. Bond takes a lot of these hits. I'll tell you what, I would have given it up way faster than that, like zero. Well, hits. And then Bond starts taunting him, yeah. which oh, yeah. is amazing. Bond knows that <laughs> Uh, Lashif, like, cause so long as he doesn't give up the password, Lashif has to use them. Yeah. And Lashif does not want that. But like, yeah, like you said, Bond is like taunting him, and so he's, <laughs> he's like, like, he's like, I got a, I got a little scratch on. Yeah, the, he's on like, the oh, right to the here. right, to the right. Yeah. Um. So then, that's when uh, we've we've kind of seen Mr. White in the movie before. We don't know his name at this point, but he shows up and he kills Lashif. He does. Right in the face. Now I have uh, a little bit of info. I I from the original novelization that I brought up in a previous episode we did for Last Action Podcast. Mr. White, uh, his character in the uh, novel, mm -hmm. he's not a, a shadowy organization. Well, he is, but not in the sense that they don't know what it is. He is from the same organization that Spectre was based on in the old original movies, Smirsh, which yeah. is technically a real thing. Uh, Smirsh was... Uh, an anti-spy organization in Russia that didn't really last very long. It was only a few years, but uh, Ian Fleming used them as like almost like a replacement for the KGB almost. It was uh, Smirt uh, Shiponom, uh, which is Russian for death to spies. Yeah, and Smirsh is in the 67 <clears throat> Casino Royale as well. Oh, yeah, it would be, yeah. wouldn't it? 
And I guess at this point as well. So what I recently read, which I didn't know was fully true, I, I'm going to have to look at it a little bit more, but it said that the reason why they couldn't call it Spectre yet was because of the lawsuit. They still didn't have yeah. the right. No, that is true. Yeah. That is true. They didn't have it until... They didn't. Um, until they made... Until they made Spectre. Yeah. Because yeah. it was during Skyfall that they yeah, got they those... The right they finally yeah. closed that yeah. deal. So... Um, so then we get a kind of a long, not long, but like Bond's recovering from his injuries, convalescing and Mathis you know, gets arrested, Mathis gets arrested, Vesper's there, you know, they're falling in love, they get the money and then they, they kind of take off to sail around Bond's Venice. Yeah. Bond's going to, he sends in his resignation letter to MI6. He's going to quit. Um, but then there Vesper's like, I got to go to the bank to get us some money. Um, and I can't remember exactly how he gets onto her that something's going on. I'm drawing a she blank. She left his. Uh, she left her cell phone in That's the room what it on is. purpose. And, and he sees the text, so he tracks her yeah. down. She actually has the money from the game, and she's gonna handing it over to some dude with like an eye patch, <laughs> glasses, and an eye patch. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has a name because you see his name in the phone uh, when Bond finds it. It's like uh, uh, not Garrett. It starts with a G. I don't remember the dude's name. He's got a name. Yeah. Okay. He's got so a then there's like a prolonged action sequence at the end with this building is sinking in Venice, Pretty Venice cool. into the water. He's shooting guys with that nail gun and stuff. It's really cool. <laughs> Which, for the record, I own a nail gun. That is not how nail guns work no, in any way whatsoever. Because <laughs> it's just it's just like an automatic. It's like do 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 do. Well, no, like, that no. part that part's true. Not mine. However. Gun. It has to be connected to a compressor. Oh, yeah. So if it's not connected to a compressor, it's not going to do anything. No. Vesper's caught in, like, the elevator of the building, so when it gets down, she's trapped. He gets her out of the elevator, I believe, but she still ends up drowning, right? No. No, she's stuck in the elevator. She locks the door or whatever and won't let him in. And, yeah, keeps the key and then is essentially going to off herself. But I thought she I thought he had her like trying to like get her to breathe. Well, he, that's at the end when she's drowning, he finally she rips gets it open to the to the back side of it and then it's over. Yeah, and then he rips it open, grabs her body out, but she's Which I drowned. do yeah, it, we don't really see how he rips her out of the thing after she's yeah, dead. Yeah, it's kept but, vague. Yeah. And that's the scene uh, which is probably about my favorite scene in the movie when Bond tries to save her, is unable to emotions are like running high mr white has escaped with a briefcase and he contacts m and she's like you know like are, are you okay blah 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 like we need you and he's like yeah you know i'll be there and she's like do you need time and he's like why would i need time and she's like well you know what's going on and he says he's like you know there's nothing to say the bitch is dead and that's the moment in the book where like his emotion is just severed yeah. And that's, I think, the real moment when Bond is really Bond. It's the moment when he, like M says, you know, you don't trust anyone, do you, James? And, you know, he's like, nope, not anymore. And she's like, so you've learned your lesson. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, because basic, basically what it is is that Vesper had, like, a boyfriend who was kidnapped by the organization. Correct. And they blackmailed her into helping them get the money. Basically, oh, we're going to kill this guy unless you help us out. Um, Bond doesn't really care. He kind of cares, but they say that, hey, I think, is it Mathis or not Mathis? Somebody tells him that basically, we, we think the reason why they didn't kill you in that room when they um, were torching you is because she traded the money for your life. M tells him that. Yep. Yeah. I'm yep. at the end of the movie when he's uh, in that discussion. and But yeah, at that point, Bond, he's just severed his own emotions out of his heart. Like yeah. he's just cold and hate. Because the, the very last thing is she left him Mr. White's contact contact information. So he's got this really nice like palatial estate and he shows up and then he just like Bond straight up just shoots him in the leg. Yep. 
And that's when you, I think it ends, the very end yeah. is with him saying the, you know, Bond, James Bond, which you don't get for the whole movie yep. until then. There's also uh, earlier in the movie uh, another moment when we think that uh, we're going to get a Bondism. <clears throat> the when Bond first loses the card game and he goes up to the bar and he's vodka martini and the guy's like shaken or stirred. He's like, do I look like I give a damn? And the guy's just like, what? <laughs> well, but even before that, when he's at the the table, you know, he comes up with this fancy drink and everyone else is like, oh, I'll have that. Oh, yeah, that. Vesper that. martini. Yeah, and he's like, I should come up with a name for that, which uh, obviously becomes the yeah shaken not stirred thing. But yeah, and that, so. that's, I mean, that's the end when he shoots him and he says, Bond, James Bond, then we get the theme and that's yeah. it. Which so. leaves just so many questions that Quantum of Solace then attempts to to get through for us. Yep. And that was that's what disappointed me about Quantum of Solace, is it does pick up pretty much exactly where this leaves off, but that writer's strike really killed that movie. I it think did. that movie would have been much, much better had the writer's strike not happened, and I think it would have casted even more light and made this movie even better. I know you've said, you've told me that, you know, that you've grown grown to appreciate Quantum of Solace yeah. more since you've seen it. Yeah. And I agree, too, because I did rewatch it a while back. <clears throat> I, it still has its faults, though, unfortunately. Well, sure. um, but man, that which, opera. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's just kind of the way it is. Special effects-wise, I just wanted to talk about that final, the final battle scene with Venice and all that. Like, I originally thought that a whole lot of that was just kind of like... CGI like special effects but there was a whole 30 minute documentary on this on on the DVD that showed that like most of it was completely done either in Venice or at Pinewood Studios in London. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. So they made like a, a third of the size miniature model that they, you know, showed the whole thing sinking and all of that. Oh. Um, all of the scenes inside there was done in studio. It was all live. All those explosions mm-hmm. and things falling over and all that was all real and done. Daniel Craig is famous because he does most of his stunts. Which, after rewatching this movie, I'm like, stunt people do not get enough credit in movies. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible yeah. some of the yep. stuff that these guys are doing. Um, and then they even had uh, Vesper, the the actress whose name is escaping Eva me. Green. At the, Eva, Eva Green, thank yeah. you. She like legit had to be like in the water, locked in that thing. They had like a that had to be horrifying. Yeah, she said it was terrifying because she had to do all those parts, and every now and then would get some oxygen to go her way and all that. So it's just. I think that's one of the things I really love about this movie is they they just try to make it so raw and real as they can. Where obviously with Die Another Day, things were so fucking extreme that it just turned me off and turned a lot of people off. Plastic surgery dictator general who has riding the waves in the (laughs) Arctic Ocean, which are clearly fake. All that horrible stuff. So. All right. Well, I yeah. say we hit that pretty good. I think so. Let's get into. I have some role reversal. Yeah, it's not a lot. Just Bond is essentially the only only role reversal I found. Uh, Goran Vizhnik. Do you guys know who he is? Sounds familiar. He was yeah. uh, he was a doctor on ER. Okay. Uh, he's been on the show Timeless. He's been on a bunch of different shows. He, okay. You may you you if you saw him you would know him, but he was up for the part. Okay. Um, they also asked Carl Urban. Yeah. I think not enough of him yet. He couldn't do it. He had he had he had commitments that he couldn't uh, get out of. Seeing him in the boys, though, I feel like he could pull it off. Yep, Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah they said, said that, he was too young. Yeah, they he said they really young. liked him, but he was only twenty two. Yep. So Sam Worthington, similar situation. He's pretty young. Yeah, and then Doug Ray Scott, which I think would have been terrible. Wolverine. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, Hugh Jackman was also considered briefly, as was Clive Owen. Yes. I oh. think Clive Owen would be pretty good. I didn't love Clive Owen's idea. Hugh Jackman, eh, he would have been okay, too, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he, he had the Wolverine, so. In either way. <laughs> going, well, in yeah. either case, we got Daniel Craig, and he's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, James Bond could have used an animentium skeleton, right? <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, we don't know that he doesn't have one. That's fair. He does survive a yeah. whole hell yeah, of Yeah, I don't know how he survived that car crash, so he <laughs> seems all right. Falling off one of the parkour things and hitting that big metal vent thing. Yeah, yep. there's a lot that he survived. Yeah. All right, anything else we need to hit? I don't think so. We did pretty good. I think we're good. Let's write this thing. Let's do it. I don't know. Craig, you want to go first? Do you want us to sure. go first? Go ahead. Uh, out of five uh, machine guns, right? Yeah. Five. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I I love this movie. I think it's probably about the best Bond movie, subjectively and or almost. It's my it's almost my very favorite of all time, subjectively and objectively. I think it's probably about one of the best. Uh, and I think it holds up as not even just like oh this is a good Bond movie because there's definitely some Bond movies where it's like oh this is a very good Bond movie you know. But I think as a film, this stands up very very well. You know, I, I would say five out of five. Yeah, that's that's kind of my feeling on this as well, is you do not have to be aware of Bond. You don't have to be a Bond fan to appreciate this Very film. accessible. Right? It is. It's amazing. It wasn't accessible to my wife, though. Quick story. My <laughs> wife, the scene where he's getting his nuts taken apart, <laughs> my wife still talks about that and how it freaks her out. Like, when I was watching to it a few days ago. Ideas. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. you're an idiot. I mean, even a few days ago when I was watching it, she was like, I don't want to see this movie. I don't want to see that happen to him again. I'm like. But he looks so good in the chair. <laughs> and he's so confident. All right. What did you rate this thing? I, I, I'm going to agree with Craig. It, it's a five machine gun movie. I don't remember my Mount Rushmore, it, it's almost up there. It is such a complete. I mean, it's not surprising. Movie. I mean, if you wouldn't given that this a five, I would have been surprised. You gave yeah. Die Another Day three and a half. So <laughs> well, <laughs> that's because I I had to. <laughs> but no, it's just it's a great complete movie. Uh, I am not as high as you guys. I love this movie. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but the, the whole all the stuff, like all the stuff after. The card game really drags. Like d- some of the stuff with Vesper, you know, it just like I feel like it. It just takes me out of the fact that it's a Bond movie. Mm-hmm. It's a long movie. It yeah. is a long movie, and the slowest part comes at the end, which is irritating to me. So it's still great. I still love it a lot, but I'm I'm more like four point two five, maybe four and a half. Do we give point two five? No, know. we do not. You gotta, you you gotta, gotta go four. four, four I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go four. Okay. Uh you know and, and I'm more aligned with LPJ on this. I, I really think it's a great Bond movie. I think it's a great movie. I think it has some pacing issues. I think it starts off really strong. I think that there's a it's a really long movie and it's in three very distinct segments of the movie the opening which is like you get the parkour you get the airport scene you get a lot of heavy action then you get into the poker part which there's some great stuff in it but it's also it's just a lot of people playing poker in it too uh and then like you said the ending is it really kind of like it's like oh yeah there's still like a half hour left in this movie and while it's some great stuff 
I don't know. I feel like the fact that Quantum of Solace is such a direct sequel that maybe they could have done something where they lopped off some of this movie and put it on the beginning of Quantum of Solace, done some kind of reworking. So I'm going to go with four as well. Like I said, mm-hmm. I still think it's an amazing movie. When we did our top five Bond movies, this was not... I think everyone else had their top five. Yeah. It was right outside of mine, you know, probably like six and maybe a reevaluation of being five. But I, I'm going to go with four machine guns. I, I do agree with you, too. There... After the poker game is done, I mean, there is a little bit of a break in, in what's going on. It's weird. because, but, uh, but I think it crescendos in the end. With I the don't think it does. Venice, I, I think, think it's great. I think the highest it gets in the end is not as high as it gets in the beginning. So even though it may do this, like, di- like dip up and down, yeah. overall it's still declining. The entire movie is a decline. I feel like so long as you're... You, know what's going on in the movie and you're paying attention to like the fact that there's this shadowy Mr. White and let's face it at the end when Lashif is dead I mean we know that there's still something else out there like don't be wrong yeah it does dip a bit in, in excitement because you know they show this romance but the other big thing too is that's the novel like that stuff happens in the novel, oh. and so that's kind of like the the arc of his character creating James Bond that Ian Fleming did. And so I'm not gonna say that you're you're wrong because there there definitely is a bit of a dip. I'm you know not gonna argue that, but I do enjoy that stuff a lot, and I really like the end when Bond has sort of kind of become James Bond. He's he's learned his lessons. He's you know, or maybe not learned his lessons so much as sort of closed off his heart right. to become this merciless killer. So then Hovercraft Joe and LPJ, do you not do you not like the love story as much? No, I I, I think it's, it's fine. fine. I don't I don't dislike it, but okay. I, I just kind of agree with LPJ. And I understand that it's faithful to the book, but let's be honest, the Bond franchise yeah. isn't necessarily known for being faithful no, to the book. <laughs> they could have re- I'm just the, the 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 action stuff at the beginning of the movie is a lot better than the scene you get at the very end. So it kind of, uh, objectively from like an action movie point, like it's like, all right, it just doesn't end as well as it starts. Overall, as a movie, I enjoy it. That's why it's still a four machine gun movie for Mm me. I just can't give it the full five because I, I watch this movie and despite how great it starts, by the end of it, I'm like, oh, this is a long movie, you right. know? Yeah. So No, it's fair enough. I just wanted to bring that up because I remember I had the same feelings as you two when I saw it in the theater. Like, I didn't quite feel like it, it held up at the end. And I wasn't in love with the whole romance part of it because I was like, well, that's not the bond I knew. Again, never yeah. seeing the or never reading the book. But as I've seen it over time, more and more and more, I've gotten to, like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, I've gotten to actually appreciate this movie more and more as time has gone on. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Still a really good movie. It's a good yeah. movie. Oh, it's, yeah. just, it's just one where I go from midnight to six instead of six to midnight. <laughs> no, that's fine. <clears throat> cool. Gross, but okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, what do we got left? I don't even remember. We've got to talk about our other shows on Games Little Media. Sure, Craig. And plug, Craig can tell us because he's on shit. pretty much all of them. <laughs> plug Listen, shit, Craig. Yeah, I'm, I'm on pretty much every show that's not Last Action Podcast in GameZilla. Yeah. Uh, as far as that goes, I... Uh, uh, I am on Legend of Retro. I do a retro video game podcast. And at this point, all three of the hosts of uh, Last Action Podcast are have been guest stars. So track down those episodes. We've had more recently uh, uh, Hovercraft Joe on uh, uh, Alex Kidd in Miracle World. Yeah, it was it was a great time. I, I had a lot of fun yeah, hanging out with great. you in the glitch. I had no idea that was a game. <laughs> it is a, absolutely a game. Well, I listened to the episode. I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it. L- uh, listen to us and have us discover all its Dragon Ball roots. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, the real 
conversations awesome. we have. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, we've had Sphinx on, uh, uh, let's see, you were on uh, Crash Bandicoot. Yep. Uh, and then LPJ has been on, of course, the legendary Make Kids episode. That's right. Uh, which, I've been on a bunch of episodes. Yeah, you've been on quite a few. And uh, we did a crossover, that, too, a crossover. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. But by the time this comes out, I'm thinking your newest Patreon draft will have come out. Oh, that might be coming. So, yeah, if you're a member of our Patreon uh, for the brackets we do on Legend of Retro, uh, LPJ will be uh, uh, the host for that event. So Again, make sure to look into that. The, I'm, the, I'm the official now... Legend of Retro Draft Master. Draft Master. <laughs> the, the Legend of Retro uh, Last Action Podcast crossover that neither me or Craig was on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and then, of course, uh, uh, I'm on uh, Noiseland Arcade, where me and Sean the Arcade Phantom talk about uh, The Simpsons. So far, Sphinx has been on that one. Yes, I have. Uh, and so, you know. Make sure that you uh, check the episode out. Uh, let's see, you were on Homer at the Bat. Homer at the Bat, a Classic legendary episode. episode. We haven't gotten LPJ or Hovercraft Joe just yet, but we'll see what we can do there. <laughs> yeah, I plan on being on at some point. I just yeah, it'll happen. Oh, absolutely. And then, of course, uh, which the uh, your listeners probably already know, Noobs and Dragons, which season two is going on, and two of the hosts of Last Action Podcast, LPJ and Sphinx, play characters on that, where we run through a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Sounds super nerdy. It's a ton of fun. <laughs> yes, it's nerdy. I ain't gonna say it ain't, but my lord, it's a blast, and uh, yeah, it's nice, spooky fun. I get to torture the, the two of them. Yep. <laughs> and Craig also streams uh, yep. on Twitch. I also am on uh, twitch.tv slash Craig underscore WK, uh, where I uh, do a little bit of uh, retro game streaming, so make sure to uh, follow me there. And I think that's all the plugs I have. <laughs> I should plug, I am also on Twitch now. Yeah, LPG's <laughs> jumping on Twitch. I wow. have a PlayStation 4. I do a really terrible, <laughs> as of right now, only gameplay stream. I play games poorly. <laughs> I don't talk. You can't talk to me. Nope, it's really nope. not fun. Nope, nobody asked or cares about what no, you do. No, hold on, because he's working on uh, getting some equipment. I'm working on getting some equipment. What By the time you name? listen to this. My Twitch name is the underscore LPJ. All right. It's twitch.tv. Twitch.tv, yeah. Slash the yeah. underscore And by LPJ. the time this comes out, you might have upgraded. I might have upgraded. Or, he'd I be, might have or he's not doing screen. it anymore. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> or he's already given up. Right. All right. Are anyway. We, are we done there? We're, yeah. we're good. All right. Well, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But... We'll be back. <laughs> Anybody, please. Somebody, <laughs> somebody, there, somebody close show. the show for us. Bond. James Bond. Do 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 do